it goes back to the old timey westerns, right? They, where they would spin the guns. That's right. not practical. Right. <laughs> I tell you the number of times I've thrown a a a plastic toy handgun across a room, <laughs> trying to do that, or smacked one of my friends at their house. <laughs> oh gosh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention the, you know, shades indoors and the leather jacket and the boots. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Get the hair gel, all of it, man. Oh, exactly. Extreme. So <laughs> okay. What is happening here? Where are we? Glicks, give us a situation report. Currently, we are on the planet Geekery. Be warned. Our impossibility drive may cause distortions okay. as we traverse this land. Impending impossibility engaging in three, oh, two, oh, one. <laughs> Hello, devoted geeks, and welcome to episode 51 of ComTalk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the YouTube show from a couple of devoted geeks that are devoted to let people know that they are loved. I am Dallas, and with me is... Celeste! Because you guys missed that. Yes, apparently. <laughs> it's a thing. Right? As you listen to this podcast, please interact with us. Send us your thoughts on what we are saying via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can find us by simply looking up Geek Devotions. Do us a favor and leave a review on Apple Podcast Comments, and perhaps you can be our Devoted Geek of the Month. All right, Glicks. We have uh, been traveling for quite a while here on the planet Geekery. What has the improbability drive brought us today? Because things are looking a little strange up ahead, aren't they, Celeste? Yes. Ver very odd, Glicks. What's going on? We have reached the point of dystopian convergence. Disturbance will become more than a two-man team in an artificial intelligence can handle. Activating Patreon Warp. Oh gosh, where? Oh, where am I? Oh yeah, where are we? Whoa. Oh. Oh. Hey, you guys. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome hey. to the planet Geekery. Oh, geekery. Where are you guys? <laughs> I'm in the dystopian universe where I don't know you. <laughs> Agreed. I have no idea what's going on. All right. Well, we are uh, on Com Talk and we're traveling, and. Um, um, we have reached the point of uh, dystopian convergence here, and so our AI Glix has brought on some amazing devoted Patreon geeks to help us out to travel through this area. So this let's uh, let's. How about you guys introduce yourselves real quick? Uh, we'll start with uh, the handsome man who looks like uh, Batman, Terry McGinnis. Oh yeah, well it is an honor to be here, guys. Uh, official name's Cody McGurk. Uh, I am a senior in uh, college and uh, major communication. Love everything about it. Love you guys on the channel. Also have my side little channel, Lufonics, as well. And it's just an honor to be here, man. Love you guys. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part. And I love it all, all the geeky stuff. I'm, I'm such so glad, and it's such an honor to be here. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Cody. And for you, the uh, handsome gentleman with the professional setup that we dream about. <laughs> uh i think he means me um i'm Mr. Ruiz. uh still know what i'm doing here no uh but uh, i do a podcast called the retro rewind podcast with my good friend paul where we talk about movies and some video games from 15 or more years ago talk about what we like dislike and whether they're worth your time still today awesome very cool very cool and hey guys we're gonna have links to all the things that they just said in the descriptions of this on our YouTube, our YouTube channel on our, uh, well, yeah, the YouTube version of this, when it goes up, it will be there. 
but also the um, the website geekdevotions.com. Com. <laughs> so uh, that being said, um, let me just real quick, just for fun, guys. Uh, if we had to get rid of all of the geeky things in the world except for one, there's one geeky thing that you want us to hold on to. What would be the one thing that you would be holding on to? Good question. Ooh. Like a physical or like just literal sense, like like a literal physical thing to hold on to, or like like in your head, like or like, like, like a fandom, like your favorite fandom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's, what's your one fandom? Uh, mine, hands down, Legend of Zelda. Oh, Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Francisco knows a lot about that one. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> I'm about that life, man. I'm about that life. For me, probably Lord of the Rings. I mean, oh. I, I was actually losing some some interest in it, but then we recently rewatched uh, the trilogy for the podcast, and man, it's still. I was surprised at how how much it gets me. So I'm going to go with that for now. Come on, that's cool. That's cool. All right, guys. Well, this is Dystopian Devotion Month, and uh, we've been doing dystopian movies all month long. And um, the first week, Celeste, you did what? So it was on Divergent. Yeah. And then I did one on Metropolis, which yes. uh, kind of hit a couple of areas. You got your silent film nuts and your anime nuts who enjoyed that one. Oh, yeah. And then this past week, you did one on Equilibrium. Yeah. And talking about love. And so. <laughs> which has gotten a lot more response than I thought it would. Yeah. Like really quickly. Like it doesn't have a lot. Of, like as a recording of this, it doesn't have a lot of views at the moment. But um, it took a big jump quicker than it normally does. Like it really caught on. So I'll be interested to see how it does once it hits the website. Yeah. So, but uh, for those of you guys listening, next Friday's devotion will be based off of V for Vendetta. Remember, so. remember the 5th of November. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We had, it was too close <laughs> to the 5th of November for us not to do yeah, it. Exactly. So we're going to go ahead and do that one. So we're excited about it. But today, um, what we're going to do is we're going to break this conversation up to a couple of sections. First off, we're going to say, what is our favorite dystopian movies? We're going to talk about why they're our favorite. And then we're going to have a commercial break, come back. And we're going to have a kind of a spiritual speculation about from what we can learn from these things. So uh, that being said, um, since uh, we have some people traveling with us, I thought we maybe we'll start with one of you guys. Um, Francisco, uh, what is your favorite dystopian movie or series? Well, I think it can it can it can change like uh, it's usually the last one i've experienced uh is <laughs> tends to be my favorite right well that's kind of a cop-out answer but i will say <laughs> at present currently my favorite uh movie in the dystopian sort of milieu is dread which is a oh. 2012 movie with the character judge dread from 2000 ad comics yeah which i believe is a United Kingdom uh, mm -hmm. comics, uh, or that's where those comics come from. Right. But I I think I, there's there's sort of this convergence of I really appreciate the acting. I really appreciate. Um, so, something about me is uh, my my dad was in law enforcement. My oh. mom was in the military. So I I very much sort of am uh, gravitate gra gravitate toward. Uh, characters that have sort of a discipline and uh, militarism about them and 
uh, Dread in 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 this movie, or Judge Dread in in Dread, not to be confused with the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread, <laughs> uh, which is fine, but and also dystopian. But I feel like Dread is a just the 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 grittiness of it, and also it seems like this is how cops would have to be in some distant future where uh, all everyone who's still alive is inside this small, well, not small, the, pretty much the eastern seaboard is contained within a wall, and right. everywhere outside of that is just nuclear waste. And uh, so it's, I love how it seems hopeless, but even in this hopelessness where they say in the movie that they can only respond to like 2% of all the crimes oh, that wow. happen because there's just so much Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, even in that, they are still trying to make a difference. They're not like, well, heck with this. I'm not going to make a difference. They're, no, they're still trying. And I mean, some of the cops are, some of are on the take. And I feel right. like it's just a really good, um, I, I, I don't see us ever getting to that point. I pray we never get oh, to that yeah. point. But I think <laughs> that it's definitely a good example of a dystopian society where there still can be people that are trying to do the right thing. Right. Absolutely. So I like, I'm with you, man. I kind of enjoy that, that particular series too, or the, mm-hmm. the movie dread. And I, I keep hearing rumors about a sequel to that one. Oh, I, I recently uh, watched a YouTube video because I just rewatched dread a few days ago. I'm like, man, I like this movie so much, <laughs> but, uh, but there, uh, there was a YouTube video that sort of did a breakdown that um, it's fine. It would be financially, 99% unlikely that they would ever do a sequel. Oh, man. So, yeah. I'm, yeah with you. I'm, I'm with you guys, though. Like, I, I that movie really surprised me. It was really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I really I really <laughs> enjoy the actor, though. Like, I've not seen a movie. No, I've not seen a lot of his movies, but I've not seen a movie with him in it that I didn't like. Yeah, I, uh, I don't remember his name, but uh, I know it's the same guy like in the new Star Trek movies yeah. and stuff like that. Like, he is really good. He, uh, he was also in... Uh, right, right, right. Uh, Thor Ragnarok as well. Uh, he was mm-hmm. in it. So, yeah, I mean, but I agree. I, I didn't even know that was him in Dread, but it was really, really good. Like, all the acting, all the cool, epic scenery itself, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Really did love it. Really good. Really good choice. Yeah, visually that movie was stunning. Like, I kind of wish I had the opportunity to have seen it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and 3D, like, because mm-hmm. I was one of because I remember when that movie came out, they were really pushing the 3D uh, aspect of everything. And I remember a few <clears> scenes that it was really, really trippy. Now, I mean, um, just, just for folks who are listening, um, the films that we're going to be sharing may or may not be family-friendly. Uh, oh, yeah. Dread is totally family-friendly. Uh, oh, yeah. take, take the babies. It's like cuddly yeah. babies here, you know? But what family uh, you're but, from. Uh, and I, I, I'm putting that <laughs> out because because uh, dystopian movies, they have a wide range yeah. of different things. Yes. And um, we have a lot of we have families who listen to this podcast and everything. But um, So don't go moral of the story, don't go take your little ones to judge dread. Yeah, well, yeah. not just that, but I want to encourage all parents. I feel like as as a as someone that's worked in the media world for forever, like I worked for Hollywood Video back in 2002, and I worked there for five years, and I saw all kinds of people come in, and uh, now this is my soapbox, it drives me nuts. They would just <laughs> get whatever they wanted. Like, like kids, like I want this movie, and they're like, "Okay, just be quiet, take it, get out of my way." And I'm like, "Your child doesn't need to watch that, right?" You yeah, know, yeah, I remember yeah. I worked for Hastings, uh, also, and um, 
I had this kid comes running around the corner holding the the doll from um uh what's it called? Saw Chucky? Oh, 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 Jigsaw. Yeah, Jigsaw. Yeah. And she, and she's like, Look, Daddy, it's Jigsaw. And she was so excited about it. And then she goes, The new movie come out came out, Dad. Can we watch this? And like she's six years old. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so so that being said, I want to encourage everybody to have some a level of intelligence in what you choose. I yeah. enjoyed that movie. I know that mm-hmm. movie's not for everybody, and some people Saw may have or dread. Uh, dread. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't do so personally, guys. Oh yeah, me I neither. Just, no. I know. I, I have some great friends that that do. Um, our friend Josh Berkey did a episode of Geek Devotions from Saul, yeah. and uh, I just can't. Me personally, I can't handle watching that kind of film. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's something we can bring up in the in the in our spiritual speculation later about. Yeah what we watch can't watch but just wanted to put that quick disclaimer out there for folks just use intelligence and i want to add to that um something that we use is uh and i use it for me mainly to know if there's going to be a nudity in a movie right if you go to common sense media i think it's commonsensemedia.com they give a really good breakdown of all the different factors that you would want to be aware of mainly for your kids in most movies so yeah. that's that's a really good resource I use. It looks like it's a commonsensemedia.org. Dot org. Okay. Yeah. And there will be links in the comments are in the uh, description below for people to check that out. That's really this is a cool website, Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 are usually pretty good about spoilers and unless you're reading people's reviews, then I right. guess it may be spoiler. <laughs> I usually just like look at their rate and like bars for okay. Uh sexuality violence language right. drug use all that and cool. sort of see what what's in it so yeah right. it's, it's very helpful francisco gets hero of the day yeah <laughs> oh thank you thank you appreciate yeah. that like, this, this is getting <laughs> all right okay well let's, let's keep the this dystopian train moving as we traverse this land um mr mcgurk luke phonics Ooh. terry mcginnis over here uh <laughs> what is What's your favorite dystopian movie, my man, and why? Man, it uh, it was so hard to narrow down for this list, but I, you know, I, I go back and forth, but I think I'll have to go with the one that really started it all for me, and that's Terminator. Oh yeah, yes, yes, love it all. Uh, Arnold, <laughs> machines, all the epic action. It's it's great, uh, it, and it really started it all. I really think that was my first taste of anything dystopian in ruin or just uh, chaos everywhere, you know, type of thing. Right. And uh, I don't know. The older I get, the more I appreciate it. And not just talking about just the first movie, but uh, really the whole franchise, even the newer movies to an extent. I really enjoy uh, Salvation. Uh, I don't even want to get into that. But I think <laughs> <laughs> I think all of them, though, uh, for the most part, uh, have something good uh, to come out of them. But mm-hmm. they. I don't know, and not even going necessarily all philosophical in the, uh, you know, uh, the singularity of technology and, and, you know, robots trying to kill us and all that stuff. But it's really just seeing that, like, um, you know, how far can we as a society maybe like progress before things get crazy or, or, you know, where is that line in the sand drawn, you know, to where we try to advance and better ourselves and stuff. And, you know, then just seeing 
in a fictional way at least of it of it all going bad and uh just seeing chaos everywhere and, and just seeing all the epic lasers and shooting and i don't know all of it all of it's great and it's it just holds a special place in my heart <laughs> I, i'm curious cody were you a fan of the uh terminator sarah connor chronicles when that tv show was on on air uh, full disclosure, I actually have not seen that. Um, I've really? seen a, I've seen all the movies, and I've seen a lot of the tie-in stuff because there's actually mm-hmm. exclusive video games as well uh, outside yeah. of the movies. But mm-hmm. I actually have not seen that show, and I, I it's on my radar. Um, I, I assume since you asked, have you seen it personally? Or? I I saw like the first few episodes, and I liked them. I just schedulely I couldn't fit it into go back and and I to watch the rest and I never went back and watched them. I, I heard it's a good series. And it, it's interesting that the the lead in that who plays Sarah Connor, I think Lena Headey is the main person who plays the bad guy in Dread. So Right, <laughs> that was right, right. Interesting That's yeah, a good good parallel there. Yeah. Um it is on my radar though and I, I'm I'm definitely interested. One day, yeah. one day for sure. And plus, it has River from Serenity and Firefly. So, oh wow, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. She's the uh, what was it, like the T something thousand. I don't, remember. I don't know, but she is the one of the uh, Terminator. Yes, yeah, yeah. We have to watch this now. No, oh, I thought you had. I'm no, sorry. No, that that came out during the time of. Um, the dark time when Celeste couldn't see anything. <laughs> it came on against a show that my mom really liked. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Wheel yeah. of Fortune. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Actually, I think it was Grey's Anatomy. But I just love... Things. I'd love that sense of urgency that the Terminator series provides. And it's mm-hmm. really good in dread too, with them, you know, being locked up and trapped in the big place in the, mm-hmm. in the apartments there. I just, I love movies that get that down right to where you're just tense. Like you're yes. tense, man, you know, right. yeah, like, totally. and, and the Terminators literally, it's like, oh, like literally almost all the movies is one big chase scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. And you know what, for you saying that uh, Cody makes me think that, yeah, Terminator is like, it's, it's contained about just, uh, chasing one person or a, a handful of people depending on the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like that tension is felt for all of humanity because the stakes are on these people. If they get, if they die, then all of humanity <laughs> is toast. So it's yeah, almost yeah. like, cause I was thinking in my head, why is it so tense? Because it's just these hand group of people. So if they die, Oh yeah. It, it matters. Like all, all of humanity hinges on this one person. Exactly. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That is so awesome. That's a great choice. I'm, you know, Cody, I think that's like one of the ones that did it for me too. On the front end. I remember, mm-hmm being a kid watching Terminator 2 with my mom and uh, and my family going, this is so cool. Like, I wanted a motorcycle so badly after that movie. Right. I always right. wanted to do the flipping <laughs> shotgun thing. Yes. Who cops it with flipping yes. it. <laughs> Coolest, <laughs> awesomest thing. What is, uh, about these, what is it about these movies bringing out like the, these really cool, very unpractical gun scenes? Like you had the the flipping around with the shotgun. T- Robocop brought in the flipping around with the, the handgun. I mean, because, all these movies bring out these really cool, very impractical things. Because it looks cool <laughs> to take a weapon, spin it, and shoot it. It's the, it goes back to the old timey westerns, right? They, where they would spin the guns. Right. That's not practical. Right. <laughs> I can tell you the number of times I've thrown a a a plastic toy handgun across a room, <laughs> trying to do that, or smacked one of my friends at their house. And go, oh gosh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not to mention the you know shades indoors and the leather jacket and the boots. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Get the hair gel, all of it, man. Oh, exactly. Oh, so Extreme. <laughs> Both of you guys have brought up franchises that have had video games. Um, Dread didn't have one, but Judge Dread had. And um, Cody, yours has had a plethora of video games. Mm-hmm. Have you guys played any of those? Uh, Go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. <laughs> sorry, everyone's sorry. very cordial on this trip across <laughs> the Stupid Societies. Uh, yeah, right, right. Uh, thankfully, I've had the privilege to play a few. Um, most of them are honestly pretty bad, pretty garbage. I would not yes. recommend. But there are a few um, are actually arcade mm-hmm. uh, Terminator games that are really good. And I would actually say there was a tie-in with Terminator Three that came out like on the Xbox. The uh, the PS2 back in back in the days and stuff mm. like that, and it was like a prequel to the actual movie itself. Oh nice. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or it it was something along those lines, but it was like yeah. a prequel to the movie, and um, so you could play it and not have the movie spoiled at all, and it was still a really good time. And I I, w- I would definitely recommend that, and then definitely obviously the the home arcade stuff like that. Yeah. I, I really did enjoy that. Yeah, I played a, a couple of the arcade Terminator games. Uh, and I like those. I do have a, a Game Boy cart of Terminator 2, which Ooh. I recommend to no one. It's not. <laughs> it's ridiculously hard and yes. overly so. And it, it only... the So the first few levels are in John in the future trying to get to really? the T-800 to send him back. I've never right. gone past that. So I've never gotten to play the like fun oh, stuff man. in the oh, movie. Wow. So it's... It's oh, I, I don't recommend rough. it, but that, and then, that's go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and I've never played the Judge Dread game, the Judge Dread game. Uh, but I wish is I think it's cool that Dread feels like a video game where you start at level one and you're right. trying to get to the top where the final boss is. That would I love be, that yeah, aspect yeah, of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. be. No, that's for sure. Uh, one, I would just say I'm with the with the video games tie-in. Even though they might not be that great and stuff, I I do respect when they do at least try to branch out and do mm-hmm. new and unique things on their own, and not for just sure. do a carbon copy of the movie. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, at least in that aspect, I can give bonus points. Even it's like, yeah. well, it's not that great, but at least <laughs> it's something different. You but, know, <laughs> so I realize you reskinned somebody else's game for this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Super Mario so, Brothers Two, looking at you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I actually, um, when I was a kid, I had Terminator 2 on NES. And um, it really? was, I, I, I was curious about the Game Boy, but the first level is you are the, you're Arnold and you, it's the bar fight scene basically. And you're walking through and you were like super small. And the first, the first boss takes up literally your entire screen. And I, I yeah. never got past that fight. Oh gosh. Ever. Like it was the hardest thing ever. I'm like, I can't beat this. And then I also have, I have currently right now, um, the Sega Genesis Terminator 2 game. And it is the art is basically uh, arcade, the arcade game uh, mapped for the Sega Genesis. And um, it's pretty fun. The only way I could beat that though, was if my sister played with me, we had, you had to have two players shooting at everything coming yeah. up. Right. Um, but it was right. fun. And then I also played on Sega Genesis Judge Dread. Mm. And Francisco, you're not missing anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even if this had came out on the Dreamcast, it would you would oh, not have my Dreamcast. Oh, be Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, it is a trash game, dude. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, cool beans. All right, Celeste, yeah. what is your favorite dystopian? 
movie, book series, whatever. I have a universe. You have a universe. That, that is my favorite. <laughs> that I, Fireflies universe is my favorite. Yes. My favorite. Like, and the sad thing is, is that I was introduced with the movie mm-hmm. and didn't know what it was. Didn't realize it was oh, a series man. to be introduced to. Mm-hmm. And then in college, got introduced to the series mm-hmm. and watched it in the correct order. <laughs> awesome. Good. Because I had people who, who cared about me. Right. And <laughs> told me what order to watch it in. And then went, oh, so this movie is about that? And they're like, yes, watch it now. <laughs> so much better watching it after yes. the series. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved it because I loved the shooty space sci fi thing. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But didn't understand who these people were. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have the emotional connection. Right. Exactly. I, I have a story I remember uh, like Big Firefly I watched Firefly when it came out originally on Fox so I didn't see it like in the right order or anything and I would miss like I missed a, a couple episodes here and there because they kept changing the schedule but yeah. I was a big fan when it came out to DVD I, I got the DVDs I still have those I really love Firefly and when um, by the time uh, the movie came out me and uh, my now wife Christy were dating and we went to go see like an opening weekend oh, and, wow. and it was a decent sized line. I was hoping it was a longer line, but it's decent size. We go in, and then when the Universal logo comes up, I, someone shout, "Thank you, Universal!" Because we were all so <laughs> thankful that we get to see a movie that continued the series that we had lost. So right. So like, I'm I'm one of those people that I'm a big proponent of because I think Disney has Firefly now. Oh, oh, I guess. Well, no, I think it was. Well, they because of Fox. They own a lot of people's souls too, so that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking truth here, man. (laughs) But I'm a big proponent of them making another series, like Mm -hmm. not about that group of people. But there's so much in that world that Josh Whedon created that they could explore. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know how we got to the point of having the men with the hands of blue. Mm, and why they come two by two like i want to know like everyone understands what it was a thing yeah i know we're laughing because it's like yeah that is a thing thing. sorry you were you were laughing um (laughs) we're laughing with you celeste with you but i mean there's just so much like give me shepherd book story Mm. oh that'd be awesome because there's so much unexplored there like why the heck he was able to pull over a a uh, I almost said Starfleet. I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What oh, is the yeah big the big ships. city? Wow. Yeah, yeah. We have to watch Firefly when we're done. Apparently, with this. Yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> have you there? I've heard that there is a comic book or, or a graphic yes. novel that goes into Shepard's story. Yes. yes. But um, I haven't read that one. There are several comic books, and they all go into different aspects and i think that they could play off of those mm-hmm. i think they're all canon yeah they're all considered canon well everything mm-hmm. can to do with firefly is considered canon because there's not mm-hmm. so much of it yeah so, yeah <laughs> they're like everything is official <laughs> at least if it has josh whedon's name on it that's yes. it Indeed. I would be I would be down for a new series, like you said. Uh, I'm yeah. sadly probably the only one in this chat who hasn't seen it. And uh, oh, honestly, yeah, yeah, oh, man. yeah. Um, I've heard great things, but uh, I honestly, to a degree, though, I don't want to see it because I know, like, it. It's, you don't want to experience the heartbreak. It's, it's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, it, it won't be concluded. So why waste sure. my time? You know. Um, 
Well, well they conclude. They do conclude. The That's movie, the thing. Is the Serenity c- concludes it. The movie kind of concludes. Oh, it. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, gonna I, ask, like, if the movie did actually yeah. uh, give closure to some things. That's yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, there's so much that was left open. Like mm-hmm. from the last episode of the se- of the season. Again, there's only 15 episodes of the season. 13 oh, episodes. Oh, 13. Thank you. There into the movie. Like there's so many questions and so many things that take place, and that's that's the big problem for people. Are like, okay, why are we here? Like, how did we get to this place? They explain a lot of it, but nothing really gets resolved uh, with certain other aspects. And I think even not to spoil anything for Cody, but the way things ended with the movie, I think that they could even rift off of that mm-hmm. because there's some explanations that happen in the movie right. that you could go further in depth with figure out how things got to this point mm-hmm. what happened i mean they explained it in the movie but actually seeing it would be so much different than watching these characters find out what happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like that it could it could maybe do an approach with like uh the new star trek movies to, yeah. where, they, to where they don't abandon like the original canon but it's like a alternate universe mm-hmm. kind of like type of thing that. like i really dug that yeah. yeah. The problem with that. Oh, sorry. I just want to make a correction. Uh, it is fourteen episodes. Uh-oh. So Whoa. if you if you split the pilot into two episodes and it's fifteen, then you're kind of right, Dallas. Right. But, um, I wanted to correct myself because <laughs> there you go. I think this is on which box that you buy. And I remember because um, there were there were several boxes they put out of it. Yeah, and one of them actually had it in. That's a pretty box. Yeah, it looks like the OG right there, man. That's it. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, Dang, nice. son. Ours See, is brown. Mine comes in a singular case. Yeah, it's not as nice and shiny as yours. Mm. Mm. But it it looks more like like the brown coats. Yeah. So, oh, okay, that's cool. But yeah. I like that set though. I like that. It's a, that slimline DVD cases. That yeah. I bet that's the set that they released oh, when yeah. they released the movie because that's what the movie case yeah. looks like. Mm-hmm. But when uh, for those they, just listening, I'm sh- showing my DVD set of Firefly. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, but yeah, the um, there were a couple of releases of it. One put it in the order that it aired on TV, which was out of order, and yes. then another one was. Um, was the proper order. And I think even Netflix for a while had it out of order. They which did. So weird. They do weird stuff. Like we tried, we sat down to watch um, Farscape and, oh my uh, God. and we started watching it. I can't remember if we started watching it on Netflix first. <laughs> yes. And then I got the D I had the DVD box set. And one day we were, uh, we were at, uh, we were at my mom's house and, um, and it was being done. I was like, well, I have the box set. Let's just watch the next one. And so we're, we're trying to do math. Like, yeah, we watched about eight episodes, put in the next one. And we were so confused because oh. Netflix had it out of order. I, I don't like Dang. that. Yeah. Just, just do it right. Do it right. You know, <laughs> on the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. So for me, my, uh, dystopian stuff, it was hard for me to pick one because there's a lot. I mean, I'm kind of like Francisco. I'm like, the most recent thing is there's a thing I love. And so <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's, it's a, hard to it's hard to pick one. It is. But for me, um, I go back to several and there's several that I could have got mentioned. I'm gonna pull one out this one, and that is the Appleseed series. Um put up for those of who are listening. I'm holding up the box. The, I have several of them actually. I have the original one uh from nineteen yeah. uh oh, I don't see a date on this. Let me hold it because the light's shining on yeah. it. I can't see the cover. It's like 94. And so the Appleseed series is a dystopian 
um, series and the fact that it's like you had this great utopian society and life is where we, oh you got it man yeah you, I have that new one. one I have that one yeah that's yeah. from like yeah, 04, still I believe maybe yeah, yeah. oh still book yeah nice well this is the one from ninety four and then I have uh, Ex Machina also yep yep we got that one as well uh, that's the re release was uh, in two thousand and then I have the uh, that's the one that you have right there Francisco yes uh, yes exactly yeah, it's, it's still case like yours is. Uh, and now he's jealous. <laughs> I am kind of jealous. <laughs> I and you know I got this on a whim. I thought, oh, it's by the Ghost in the Shell people. Okay, I, I like Ghost yeah. in the Shell, all right. right. And and I didn't really know what Steelbooks were at the time. I've since become a huge fan of Steelbooks, but yeah. Um, I so maybe I I don't really get it though. I mean, it's a fine movie, but why do you like it so much? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Uh, there's a lot of things to this movie that I enjoy. Um, the original one, though, which is the one from the from '94. Oh, okay. First off, I love '90s animation, and mm. um, yes. I know that some yes. people some people dislike it for some reason, what? but I think it's beautiful. The '90s yes. anime. Um, they hate beautiful things. So <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just sad and angry, and they sit yeah. around. Exactly. Scribbling on people's pictures. And <laughs> but um so it, that's part of it is I love 90s animation to begin with. Um the now we'll put a disclaimer. You I personally feel like you need to watch the original one in Japanese. It was during that awkward time period where when they were dubbing anime that they didn't know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. And so they put in filler words that didn't belong in the script. And then it was just like, how does this fit in? And sometimes people object at the storylines. So um, it is definitely one that you need to watch subtitled the original one in 1994. But um, that being said, I just enjoy the kind of the concept of like, you have this utopian society and then you, um, that you have these outsiders who are out in the middle of nowhere and they're trying to, you know, they want to be part of what's happening, but because I can't, they're like, Forget it. We're going to buck the system and destroy mm. everything. Mm. I enjoy watching that conflict take place. Mm. Um, and so it's it's just always been fascinating to me. And you have these two cops that are kind of stuck in the middle of like, they know it's the system is wrong, but they have to protect what they have so they can properly help those who are on the outside. Mm. And so that's kind of the conflict that I enjoy watching is the from the point of view of the, of the two cops of going, Look, it's not perfect. It's it's really not. But we have to we have to work within the system, change the system to help those who have been hurt by the system. That's interesting. I don't get that from this version of the movie, which is the <laughs> yeah, two thousand four yeah. like half like essentially it looks like animated, but it's all three D right. animated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks like one giant cutscene from a video game. Yes, exactly. I, um, I've only seen that one and uh, the Ex Machina, but I did enjoy Ex Machina more out of oh, okay. those two. So, oh, nice. I yeah. do. I need to see the original. I'm sorry, Dallas. Yeah, me too. No, no, <laughs> and I was gonna say Ex Machina is better than the the re- relaunch. I'm wondering if they did the relaunch uh, just to get to Ex Machina because it is a much better story. It's much more in depth. There's much more character development oh, to nice. it. Um, the the one that you were talking, you were holding up. They, I felt like they rushed it, and I liked it because um, I appreciate people trying to take a new take on old franchises. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as good as the other one. And to be fair, 
um apple seed feels like it should be longer and i feel like there was a manga that goes into more story than in the sense, original yeah. one from 94 mm-hmm. but um that's one of my things and uh again some of my love for anime some is a lot of nostalgia because i i watched it a long time ago as a kid mm-hmm. um i watched i remember um coming i used to come to streetport every year to go to strider's hospital for uh checkups and we didn't have cable where I lived. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so cable didn't, was that a thing for us? So, but my family members in Shreveport all had cable. And so Fox, not Fox, Sci-Fi Channel used to do these Saturday morning anime movies. Oh, okay. And yeah, uh, I got yeah. exposed to so much anime while I would come down here. And I, I loved it as a kid. And this was one of those early ones that I saw. I'm like, this is amazing. Like the art was beautiful to me. The story was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, as an adult, I learned to see kind of the deeper aspects of it and go, wow, there's, there's some complexity to this that you have to unpack. It's really quite interesting. And so for me, some of it's nostalgia, some of it's the art, because again, I enjoy that style, but also that, that conflict is what I enjoy. So Dallas, when you, you said you had to go to the doctor uh, sometimes, when, would you ever tell your mom, I don't want to go to the doctor? And she'll say, well, an apple seed a day will keep the doctor away. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Nope, should never say that one. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she even knew that I watched Apple Seed. I don't. I, she doesn't. I mean, she doesn't watch anime, but I don't think she she really processed what was what. Okay, so, major question: Why is it called Apple Seed? Um, I don't know why. Oh, this, I bet. Yeah. You, I bet you. I know. I bet you. Yeah. I can. Well, this is. I have no idea, but this is my guess because apples. The outside fruit is delicious, like the utopia, but the seeds are actually poisonous. And so to, you may have this utopia on the outside, but really the seeds of it are yeah, bad for you. Yeah, there you go. We'll go with that. I feel I'll like, take it. <laughs> so I feel like it was such a side story, but like I think there was something, there's there's a software in there. I think it was called Appleseed. And so. But why is that called Appleseed? See Francisco's mm, earlier theory. Mm. There we go. There we go. All right, cool beans. <laughs> no, cool uh, apple seeds. Cool apple seeds. <laughs> yeah, don't bring beans into this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nobody likes beans. Beans are bad. Bad. They're bad not beans. the magical fruit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be uh, hearing from one of our other uh, devoted Patreon geeks, and we're also going to be having kind of a spiritual speculation discussion on some of the stuff that we just talked about. So, see all of you guys on the backside of this break. Hi, I'm Francisco from the Retro Rewind Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by... I'm Paul J. Powers, and they call me the Master Interrupter. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, it doesn't matter, because you're listening to Calm Talk. All right, and we are back from our commercial break. Hope you guys enjoy that little um, little tag announcement. I'm not sure what to call it. It's a bumper from our friends over at Retro Rewind Podcast, and I really appreciate them. And uh, speaking of Retro Rewind Podcast, uh, we have Francisco from Retro Rewind Podcast and also Cody McGurk from Lufonics, and they're joining us as we traverse this realm of uh, dystopian societies and this convergence in the first half of this podcast we talked about our favorite podcasts are not podcasts our favorite dystopian movies uh we talked about dread we talked about terminator 
Germany. Thank you. Our brain stopped functioning. We <laughs> Firefly. <laughs> Firefly. And apple seed. And apple seed. Ooh. All right. So um, that said, one of our other amazing devoted Patreon geeks uh, sent in an audio of his answer. And this is what he had to say. Hi, guys. My favorite dystopian movie is Fahrenheit 451. I love this movie because it is a cautionary tale of how censorship can destroy society. And it's not just speaking of the censorship we normally think of. When you think of censorship, you think of government banning books, blocking movies, but that's not all it is. Censorship can also include self-censorship, where we ignore parts of things that have been told to us, shown to us, or in books to make ourselves feel better. good example that spiritually can be found in the Bible with the verse of Matthew 4 9, a common verse used on the motivational calendars. It says that kneel down and worship me, and you shall have all that is before you, which sounds wonderful. It's in the Bible. Sounds good. But if we ignore and censor out the verse before it, we miss the fact that it is the devil saying it. Thank you, guys. All right, so that was kind of uh, Jonathan's thoughts on Fahrenheit 451. What did you guys think about the spiritual speculation side of that, about the, the whole thing? Yeah, I definitely agree that <clears throat> it's it's something that we can't, the Bible can't be taken out of context. And uh, like you can take just a verse and try to make a whole theology out of that. And mm-hmm. you really need to have the full context to get it. Right, absolutely. How about you, Cody? No, definitely. You uh, you have to have the meat and potatoes, and and especially with how our world is nowadays. Like you definitely need to understand uh, the context and the uh, where everything is coming from at a certain point in time as well. And trying to you know especially censor that, and especially trying to remove certain aspects of the Bible. Uh, it's definitely a no go, obviously. But yeah. I I really I really enjoyed just the uh, pursuit of truth in general, mm-hmm. and to keep the integrity of truth in what we do, especially with the bible yeah absolutely absolutely so that's what, what are your thoughts on what jonathan had to say um I, th- I agree it's it's a censorship is a bad thing and we just recently watched the new fahrenheit 451 mm-hmm. and so it was kind of scary because you could kind of see how society could go that way yeah absolutely so and then we didn't we say that it could be like the prequel to another movie that I can't think of at the moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I had um, speculated that Fahrenheit 451 was the prequel to oh man, what was that movie? Oh, let's come back to that guys. Um but there was a there was another movie. It was one we watched recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, um 1984. Yes. I feel like that Fahrenheit 451 could be the prequel to 1984. So, Cody, are you familiar with that movie? Uh not 1984, sadly. Oh. Okay. Uh I know it. I'm I'm super young. Forgive me. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, at it was least required just, reading for me in high school, so I was wondering. At least just the 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 name 1984. I mean, maybe if you told me like, oh, it's about blah blah blah, I'd be like, oh yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just well, 1984. It was. It's a. It is a. It's a dystopian movie. Uh, I think it is done by George Orwell. Yeah. And in this particular movie, um, society has progressed to the point where everyone listens to Big Brother, and Big Brother puts out the information that you need to know and the only information you need to know. In fact, there's whole, there's groups and people who 
They all their job is to sift through the newspaper and edit newspapers and edit old like old newspapers and cut out things that they consider to be wrong or inappropriate or counterproductive of the culture and um and replace those headlines and so it really felt like what's what fahrenheit 451 was doing was it was the prequel to 1984. oh okay okay yes i i do i do uh get where you're you're coming at now yeah because a lot of games i actually play and enjoy like mm-hmm. bioshock or we happy few very heavily inspired by 1984 and so oh, yeah Especially with the government censorship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I get you. (laughs) (laughs) The crazy thing is that it was written before 1984. Yeah. And then the movie was released in 1984. Mm -hmm. I'll have to actually watch that movie. Um, I think it was free on Voodoo a couple of months ago. So. but yeah, but be aware of there's a lot of nudity in it. Yeah, there so is. That, that is the issue. Issue. Yeah. a few things. If you can get, the, if you can borrow a DVD, you can skip a chapter. So, but it's one of those things. Right. right. Well, Cody, um, let's uh, let's talk about Terminator, man. What's your spiritual speculation from from Terminator? Oh man, it it can range anywhere. You know, uh, people can pull something out of nothing. You know, but um, <laughs> I, I think for me. Uh, and yeah, you know, you've got uh, technology, uh, you know, the, the singularity with with, you know, man rising uh, with machine rising up against man and stuff. But honestly, yeah, that's cool to talk about. And that's cool to, you know, really be like, oh, crap, you know, what's going to kill us one day and all that stuff. But um, really, really what I get of it out of all of that is like how we got there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like. I I look at the pursuit of technology and the pursuit of advancement in society. That's, that's great. And that's wonderful. And I'm all for that. But uh, to the degree that it gets in the Terminator, I look at it as in like a, uh, a, it's, it's like a a show of like, of, of human nature of like boasting and of like pride in a sense of like, not only saying, not only telling God that like, Oh, we don't need you. And in fact, we're better because look at what we've done, but in a sense of like turning our backs on our fellow man, because think about it, like how in the world did the world actually end up getting that way? Unless if like human society was like fighting and attacking each other too, you get what I'm saying? Like that would have not normally happened Mm -hmm. if, if everybody was working together. And a lot of what I take out of like how chaotic it gets in Terminator is the fact of like, man, look at how like prideful and look at how like big our egos can be uh, with human nature in general. And uh, I don't know, like I, I think that just correlates with me personally, because before uh, I became a Christian and before Christ came into my life, I was a very, very judgmental person and very Mm -hmm. much wanted things my way. Mm -hmm. And um, like literally, you know, somebody could uh, I'd ask them to go get get McDonald's and they'd go get McDonald's and they would get the order exactly right. But then I'd get mad because they didn't get back fast enough. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, it was it was that type of pettiness and, and stupid stuff. And uh when I when I correlate that with seeing like how chaotic and destructive just like human society can be at times, um, especially with the outcome in the Terminator, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with with yeah, literally the world ending, you know, human society ending, um, it really just all comes back to like being so thankful that I have Christ as that cornerstone and balance in my life, Word. and that 
and that uh, I have peace and happiness that can never be taken away from me, mm-hmm. and that my that my ego is is not a. <laughs> I don't want to necessarily say not a thing. We all uh, suffer, suffer and stumble, but my ego is checked in his. Does that make sense? You know, absolutely. (laughs) And um, I I don't know. Like it's just just seeing that like Christ in his time was able to, you know, not only say like, hey, you know, don't kill people that wrong you that, that the law says. But he says, no, hey, instead of killing them and, and instead of like not harming them, I want you to go so far as to say, hey, I want you to love your neighbor. Mm. Like like that just completely changes the system on its head. And and just to have that type of lesson and, and love in my life, uh, I'm just eternally grateful. Right. Absolutely, man. Awesome. Oh, very cool. And that is a thing, man. It, it, it's something to be humbled by for us uh, who are believers in Christ um, to go, wow, the difference that he's made in my life and the destruction. Like I was kind of like, man, before before Christ, I mean, I could be a jerk. I mean, I was, Amen. <laughs> I was legitimately an, an angry kid as a, as a teenager. And I had, by the role standards, I had every right to be angry and mean and, and all this other stuff. But when Christ came into my life, there, I was convicted about that. And I was like, I have to make a change in who I am and what I do and how I say. Uh, so that's that's great speculation. Anyone have anything to add to that conversation? I think you said it all. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Cody. Oh, yep. thank you. Thank you. I Much do, love. I <laughs> do want to add uh, to this conversation that if, if you haven't seen Terminator, um, there's a great place to get a review on the first one. And it's retrorewindpodcast.com forward slash 89. And uh, where they do a full conversation, let you know if it's worth watching. And so I want to encourage you guys to uh, check that out. Well, that um, sounds like an awesome show. I'll go do that right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Watch, and also watch both. <laughs> on we, we mentioned 1984. If you go on YouTube, um, go to Retro Rewind Podcasts YouTube. I think it's YouTube.com forward slash Retro Rewind Pod um, Podcast. I haven't podcast. Been able to change it to Pod. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Podcast. Um, they have a playlist called Summer Free Movie Club 2017, and we actually did a whole link, full length conversation, spiritual speculation on the movie 1984. So that's a thing. So cool beans. Mm. All right. So from Terminator and terminating that horrible lifestyle we had beforehand, where we're jerks and nasty folks, into the beauty of Christ. Um, let's move this conversation along to talk about something we may dread. Uh, Francisco, what you got, man? Well, hell is definitely a thing to dread. And yeah. <laughs> uh, as on, we were recently recording a podcast on Judge Dread, the Stallone version, but it um, sort of the whole universe of dread takes place, like we said, in dystopia where just chaos is reigning and uh, the police the judges are just barely able to make a dent to like keep the balance somewhat so it's not utter chaos but um something came up while we were talking about uh this universe was i wonder if this is what hell could potentially be like where it's just like chaos everywhere everyone's like just doesn't care about god and god doesn't come into the picture and maybe there are some people i mean i i i would tend to think that um if there could be some really good, really, really good uh, atheist who does, you know, works at uh, homeless shelters and does all these amazing things, but they don't have Christ. So 
unfortunately, they're going to, at least my belief is that they're going to end up in hell. Right. But I mean, it see, I, I don't know if there's different levels of hell, like the, um, uh, Dante's, Dante's Inferno. Inferno. Mm-hmm. But if there are, it seems like there would be like, okay, there's some, maybe some people in hell that are like trying to keep the rest of hell in check maybe, but not, but they can only do it from their limited faculties because they don't have God. So I, I'd be curious, what do you guys think? Do you think that um, dystopian societies are a reflection of what hell might be be like? Or maybe a time on earth when uh, before the rapture or after the rapture, I, all that? I think that in some degree it will be, they are depending on which one we're talking about, and, and Dread specifically, I think it's a great reflection of what life could be like uh, prior to the return of Christ, when um, you know we've we've gotten past everything, the the world is is completely just was janked up. Those who are in Christ are are solidified in Christ. People have had the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus and turn to Him, and it's I think it's like you know you know here let let that trumpet blow, and um, and we're all taken up in a in a twinkle of an eye, if you will. Exactly. Um, I really, I mean, and the sad thing is you look at things like dread, dread really is a, um, it's almost an exaggeration of some things we're receiving now. I mean, there, there are cities and towns here in the, in the States that are, I mean, they're war zones. I mean, they're just yeah. next level, um, people, um, Chicago, unfortunately gets harped on quite a bit, but really is. I mean, it is <laughs> like guns are illegal in Chicago. Like it, no, I don't know. Think people realize that it's illegal to have a gun in Chicago, but people are getting shot there all the time. Um, you have these other cities that are just—I mean—they're war zones. They're falling apart, and it's because of lawlessness, and it's because of people not—you um, know—a just being a decent individual, but being in Christ. And I really feel like um, it is an absence of God. It really is. Um, I've heard it described where hell is simply the absence of God as a whole. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, I agree with that hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what your thoughts. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm enjoying the conversation, but I don't necessarily have anything to add to the conversation. Right. Understandable. So <laughs> it is one of those things where it's like, either it is or it's not, you know, uh, I'm, I'm curious since Celeste, you're, uh, well, that sounds like Cody's a, uh, book guy also, but uh, Celeste, since I know you're definitely into books, have you ever read C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce? Um, I have not read that one because <laughs> for some reason I haven't read a lot of C.S. Lewis's nonfiction works. Oh, it's, this is this is fiction. It is the fiction. The Great Divorce okay. is fiction, yeah. And it's, it's essentially a look at someone who is in purgatory because uh, C.S. Lewis was a Catholic, so they right. believe in purgatory. Um, but it could also be a could be a reflection of hell, also. But somehow this person is taken up into heaven, and just the the symbolism and the features of how to think about heaven from the perspective of here on earth is just really it's really interesting. How and it's it's in the it's in the context of this is all a dream. I mean, I remember I got to the end of the the end of the book. I'm like, wait, what that that. Oh, and then I look back. Oh, this was a dream. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but but still, it's a really. I would highly recommend uh, the Great Divorce, and it is. I think it's sort of. It's not dystopian at so much, but it is. Um, yeah, a, a way to think about what it's like to be eternally separated from God, and how people would be in that state. 
Mm -hmm. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool beans. All right. Well, Celeste, what do you have anything from Firefly you want to bring out? Spiritual speculation was. Um, I think that with Firefly, it come you can look at it more from the perspective of how to be a at least semi decent person within the constructs of the accepted government mm. is not good. So not that we're anti-government, but <laughs> throw that out there. Um, uh, we're getting to that sketchy time. Um, <laughs> November 5th is coming up. Yeah, that's uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we live in a world that is fallen. We live in a world that is sinful. Mm -hmm. So then how as Christians do we manage that? How do we navigate that being in a society that the norm is not what we agree with right. how do we handle that in a way that is that is christ-like at the same time not come off as judgmental yeah so because they were very in the show they were very judgmental of the authorities mm -hmm. but in that you have characters like Simon and river who were a part of the society yeah they were a part of what was accepted um and less grungy if mm. you're a film nut. <laughs> um, and they navigated it, but they were still the same people they were today. Mm. So kind of a, a look at ways to do that. Yeah. That is an interesting balance of doing that, of being the society. Yeah. But being for Christ, I mean, it's it becomes a difficult terrain for us at times because sometimes society is just so ungodly. Yeah. And we've unfortunately seen that where you have people like... Um, like the Westboro Baptist Church, who have taken a um, a principle that is from scriptures, yeah. but their presentation of the gospel, the way that they handle things, the way that they um, confront people is terribly ungodly and unchristlike, and they've pro they've probably done more damage to the kingdom of God than they have good. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. For I I'd say. Um, Celeste, your question was, how do we live in a society as Christ followers without being judgmental? Is that kind of what you were saying? Um, kind of, just without being judgmental, but also without, because there's a balance. You yeah. have to still be a Christ follower, but at the same time, you have the line of, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, I, I, I feel like, yeah, sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> I, I feel like Shepard Book does has the best example of this, yeah. that he's willing to live with quote unquote sinners. And he's still that salt though and that light in that in that yeah. perspective. He's not like beating any of them over the head with it. He's always willing to answer questions. Uh, like even I remember this scene where he talks with Jane after someone dies. Uh, I think it's in one of the episodes I was never released on TV when uh, the message, I think when mm -hmm. uh, they take on this coffin of this uh, person who yeah. used to fight with uh, Mal and Zoe in the war. And uh, he's like, uh, Jane's like working out and like, uh, I guess I just, I, I want to feel alive. And, and Shepard's like, yeah, I, there's lots of reactions to death and, uh, just being willing to have deeper conversations with people that just don't necessarily know Christ, mm -hmm. uh, but not just like oh, you heathen, I'm not going to talk to give you time of day. Cause you don't know Jesus. Or um, I think that's, that's where we can 
just be in this place and also not be like, oh, you know, I mean, though Shepard, he <laughs> can, can tip the balance when he's shooting out kneecaps of people. Uh, but that's, I think that is a bit ambiguous because the Bible is ambiguous about the subject of kneecaps. So, right. <laughs> um, For Cody, who has not seen it, there is a line <clears throat> where Shepherd Book comes out shooting at somebody that was attacking the the party. And Shepherd's a, a preacher. Yes, oh. Shepherd is a preacher. Like an actual Christian preacher. It's, it's oh okay, yeah. sweet, sweet, gotcha. Um, which I appreciate how well they handled his perspective because, to my knowledge, Josh Whedon is not a Christian. But at one point, he he comes out and he's a really good aim and he shoots the people in their kneecaps and they're down and everybody's safe. And the captain looks at him and goes, I thought the Bible said something about about uh, not killing. And he goes, yeah, but it doesn't say anything about kneecaps. <laughs> mm, no, that's good. That's good. So, just so you understand the... the yeah, 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 yeah. No, and, I'll you. I, and given that Firefly came out uh, several years after Terminator 2, I gotta, I gotta think that that's an homage to Terminator 2 when <laughs> he says, I said, don't shoot anyone. He'll live, and he shoots his knee. The right, his right. Knees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I I feel that struggle though, Celeste. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I think all of us do as Christians. Uh, I, I don't I don't remember who said it, but it was I, I want to say it was Saint Francis, but it was like preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, that that quote just sticks with me because it's like, look, if I have to tell somebody, like if like if 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 people can't see the love and and grace in my life. Uh, And I have to tell somebody that I'm a Christian, I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I I don't know. I just feel like in my line of work, especially with dealing with the public, like every day, um, the, the best thing for me has just been like, just, to to be to be loving like that and yeah, uh, uh, stand your ground. Uh, obviously, I, I have my guards and vices and all that, but it's you know it's it's just I, I don't I don't know. I I just feel like if if somebody knows you care, um, then it, it won't be perceived as judgmental. I guess mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> I don't know. I, I we struggle. We all struggle with that. I, I I'm I'm right there with you. Word. So it is one of those things that you have to to balance out. Um, I like with the, the quote you brought up about, you know, preach gospel at times and when necessary use words. Mm-hmm. Um, is there my experience though that we have to be careful with that phrase because sometimes people they use it as an excuse not to present Christ, yeah. not to use their vocabulary going, look, man, I'm a Christ follower. But I think that you you quantified it really good in the fact that if we have to say something in order for them to know, then we're doing something wrong. Like like we don't need to be like I'm a Christian and you're going to listen to me now as I present the gospel. I mean, it's like okay, really. But like, if there's a you know we're living life with people and we go, <laughs> Francisco's posing as a pious individual. <laughs> I was taking after Celeste who was okay. doing to say. He wasn't looking at me. Oh yeah. So, but um, you know, and as we communicate with people, we activate with them. There should be something different about us that draws people going. All right, what what's different about you? What's going on here? And ask questions and, and and do things. I remember working for uh, Hollywood Video. And we had several people come through who, um, you know, they would say things and joke about things, and then be like, "Okay, what what's the deal here, man? Why why aren't you laughing at these jokes? Why aren't you being part of these things?" And I'm like, "Because I I follow Christ, man, and that's against my faith." I remember one time Jesus doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that's untrue. So there's this I mean, one I'm time. Kidding. <laughs> 
I was I was in the lunchroom or we didn't have lunch. We had like a little office. I'm on my break. I'm eating my dinner. This dude come in comes in who's who's new, and um, I'm just sitting there doing my thing, man, working and and again he's like right off like he was super new. I think he only been there for a week. And he comes in, he's just telling me about how he had, um, he was exhausted and tired. I was like, man, why are you so tired? He's like, well, I was up late last night. And I'm like, what were you doing? He's like, well, I was at the strip club last night. And you know how it is. He starts going to these graphic details. Like, yeah, no. He's like, oh, come on, man. You know, you know. It's like, no, I really don't. He's like, I was like, here, let's try this again. Hi, my name's Dallas. I'm in college right now. I'm at Bipsy. My plan is to transfer to a Bible college and I'm going to become a minister. And he just stopped, walked out of the room. And just sat down on the floor behind, uh, behind the desk by one of the other uh, employees. And he's going, dude, dude. And my, the other employee's like, what? He's like, why didn't you tell me, man? Why didn't you tell me? He's like, what? He goes, Dallas is a preacher, man, dude. Why? Did, I just told him all about me going to the strip club and stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know? Just, and it's like, it's super new. We didn't, but like, there is that whole, like, we should, because we don't partake in things. We're not being jerks about it. I mean, I wasn't like, you sinner, you're going to hell and all this other stuff. I didn't preach like, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God. But all of a sudden he's like, okay, there's a revelation. You're a different individual, you know. So that does need to be a thing that takes place sometimes. So. Yeah, right. yeah. No, absolutely. I I, I'm, I agree. D- didn't mean to try to get it construed or anything. No, know? not at all. <laughs> all right. Cool beans. We're keeping this dystopian train moving, talking about some great speculation. Um, just from my stuff about um, Appleseed and um, some of the stuff I see in it, um, it kind of goes back to it's similar to what you talked about, Celeste, about mm-hmm. you know us balancing our faith and what we can do and can't do uh, within the realms of society. That really is part of the reason why I enjoyed Appleseed. It was because you have these people who are part of the, um, the society – their job is to protect the society, but society is legitimately wrong. Yeah. And there's some, there's some, I don't want to spoil the move for folks who watch it, but there's some stuff that goes on that like, like that the society is doing bad things. There needs to be a change in the system. And so um, the question, social justice has always been a thing that's yeah. been around for, for years and years. And you know, what, how should Christians be involved in society? How should they not be involved in society? So you've had groups who they were so angry at society as Christians and they go off and they start their own thing and it gets weird and all kinds of crazy stuff takes place. But I want to hear from you guys, you know, what involvement should we as Christians have in a society that maybe we disagree with aspects that are, that are happening and taking place. So great example. Um, we had this currently in the, in the United States, uh, we have um, people coming up, um, from South America trying to enter into our board into to the United States illegally and um, and um, like they're like they're coming and there's a whole bunch of stuff there's people who are like you know we need to have open borders we need to let them in there's people that are in need and you got people like no shut the borders it's illegal for them to come in here that there's a process and everything and I mean this is a hot topic button and people have really gotten angry and, and spat on both sides and um, I kind of come from a unique perspective in that I've, I've known several people who were illegal immigrants and uh, I've heard the horror stories of trying to get into this country legally. And I've heard stories about people who 
they were here legally and then just randomly deported. And the problem is our immigration system is broken. Like it is flat out, it's it's trash and it needs to be reformed. I mean, there it needs so much reform that Martin Luther's looking for another door to nail a letter to right now. But but um, <laughs> I mean it's bad. Um and so for me, I was talking with somebody about this just the other day, actually. And you know, as an American citizen, that is my job to to um, back our government. It's my job to not not just blindly back it up, but to go, hey, look, these are the laws that we exist in. As an American citizen, these are the laws that we that we live by. And is it wrong? Yes. Beautiful thing about our country is we have the ability to change those laws in a reasonable, legal manner, and we have to put pressure on our politicians to do that. As a Christian. There are people who are in need of help. There are Christian, there are people who are in that group that are legitimately are fearful for their lives and they need hope. And so how do I respond to that? Well, my, my comments to the guy is like, look, you know, we can either a, we can volunteer our time when they hit that border. I tell you, there is a plethora of organizations that are going to go down there to help those people out who are need medical attention. They need substance and stuff. We can volunteer our time and go down there and do that. Or we can give funding to the organizations that are going to do that, uh, that are appropriately going to do that. They're not just going to pocket it, but going to go down there and help those people. So as a Christian, I can do that. I feel like there's this conflict. People have this mis- uh, mistake that uh, we need to legal, we need to legally push Christian values and go across the board. We're all going to do this. Um, that's the big push for socialism right now. It's like, well, that's the Christian thing to do to share everything. No, no, no. The Christian thing is for me, out of my conviction, um, of Christ, the Holy Spirit convicts me to go out of my way to help somebody, not for the government to say, Hey, you have to help somebody. That's not Christian. Yeah. That's government mandated stuff. I don't know what you call that. Um, totalitarianism. So, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Good, work. Good work. So, um, so that's kind of my example of it. Like, you know, for me, like I, my heart really does break for some of these immigrants or, or these people, uh, who are, they're not immigrants. They're, uh, they want to be immigrants. These people who are trying to come up, and to find a better place, to find hope. And I, I feel bad for the people who have been literally kicked out of our country for no good reason whatsoever. They were here legally. They were adding to their community. They were doing stuff that was going to be great. And the government's like, yeah, sorry, we don't like you anymore. Deuces. You know, I feel bad for them. But right. I, there is a legal, there are legal things that we can do. We can put pressure on our politicians to change the laws, to have proper reform done. Um, and so that's kind of my mindset, but is there, for you guys, you know, is there anything you see like within the construct of our, you know, society we live in, maybe, maybe not necessarily a governmental thing, but maybe within your, your hometown or maybe an organization you're part of or, or anything else that you're, you see that as a Christian needs to be changed, but you also have these Christian values. Oh, there's so many. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm having trouble coming up with any. <laughs> well, is there an appropriate way for us to do certain things? Like, what are your, your opinions on the appropriate attitudes and structures for a Christian to respond to things in life? When we see things that are wrong, but we're we're part of that society. Because there is, like, like the, one of the common themes to all these uh, many dystopian movies is like this. Like, we're just going to revolt, and we're going to take the land, ah, and... Um, and a lot of it's through illegal actions. Yeah. You know, we're doing V for the next week. The reality is there's a lot of things in, that happen in that, that are illegal yeah. and are not Christ-like for us to do. Um, you know, Romans 13 says to the government was put in place by, by Christ. Our leadership was put there by him. If you don't like the president as a Christian, that's fine for you not to like him, but Christ did put him there. Yeah. God did it. Didn't make that happen. 
So there's things we have to function in appropriately. So something as you were talking, Dallas, that came to mind that I, I think that Christians uh, tend to want to organize to become essentially like a yes, we're so that we can put political pressure. But sometimes I feel like that becomes our idol that mm. uh, we mm. just need to get the Christian a Christian in the presidency or mm -hmm. Christians in Congress, and all will be right. I, I feel like it really does start with our own home first off, right. and making Amen. sure that you are Amen. all. Uh, you know, you, your believers as best you can. I mean, you can't control your kids, can't control your spouse, can't control the people <laughs> you live with. But if you can't do your best to reflect Christ in that and try to live in, in peace and, and, um, and for Christ in your home and then also in your community, try to be, uh, compassion like something that I really appreciate about my, my wife because she's so much better about this than me. But, um, uh, our our son was, is doing a fundraiser for his preschool to sell wreaths or something, right. and and she says, my wife says, oh, let's get some, let's try to get some poinsettias as Christmas gifts for our neighbors, mm. and uh, that would never occur to me because I'm like, let's uh, not spend money that we don't have to. But <laughs> I love her heart in that, and we we end up buying some for just yeah a, a few of our neighbors here because I think that's that that just I mean that's a a demonstration of love and caring that you don't have to do that doesn't isn't necessarily Christian, but I think that that's that's a better place for your heart to be is that you want to give to others, you want to be kind and live in peace with the people around you, mm. and so having starting there, starting mm. there, making sure that's in order before mm. you go out and try to uh, change the larger change yeah change the larger government or community that I, and country. I think that's where our to start because if we're all doing that as Christians, then things are, they're not going to take care of themselves necessarily, but they're going to be in a much better place to, to go right than to go wrong. Word. I often hear people talk about like, you know, they want revival and stuff like that. And they're, they're praying for revival and they're praying for the change of the government. But um, the reality is revival starts with the individual. Yeah. If, you know, we're not doing the things on our side to, to be Christ-like, to honor God, then why should I expect everyone else to do that? Exactly. And so exactly I, yeah. I feel like it's kind of like what you're saying. We can't legalize. We can't legalize Christianity. Christianity is legalized in our state country, but we can't government mandate Christian values. Yeah. That's why we left yeah. a whole freaking country exactly. to come to this land because we were governmentalizing our Christian values. And so, um, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, uh, just want to add on to that. Yeah, it, it all does start at home. It really does. And it's it's great to have all these ideals and uh, ideologies and, and wanting that perfect world. You know what I'm saying? Wanting all that love, happiness and equality for everybody. Um, I, I think the biggest thing uh, that that needs to be fixed, uh, especially when addressing our communities and, and the Christian walk is uh, I kind of like what y'all were touching on earlier. I think uh, we need to be more practical about things. And mm -hmm. I don't mean I don't mean like realistic. I just mean like, hey, you want to help all these immigrants, then, hey, uh, donate money, like actually actually backing up what we say with our actions. Yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. You know, hey, you want to help the loss and the hungry? Go go to your local uh, uh, uh uh, food kitchen, you know, go to the, go to your local shelter. Um, I really feel like if, if uh, we started being more practical with what we're passionate about, um, everything else would just fall into place, you know, uh, 
Christ says, you know, uh, he gives you this, you know, he'll, he'll trust you with this much. And then if you can, if you can do that, then the bigger doors will open. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but it does all start at home. And if all we ever do is just dream big and never act on that, then, then nothing's going to change. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. Attention crew. We have passed the convergence zone. Mission accomplished. All right. Good to hear. Thanks so much, Glix, for uh, letting us know about that. And thank you guys for coming through the warp zone to help us out with this and have some really great conversation. Um, if Who are you guys again? <laughs> <laughs> what is journey? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it was quicker than getting to Mordor. All right. So, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if people wanted to continue the conversations with you guys and they want to connect with you guys individually, where can they find you? We'll start with uh, you, Francisco. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter as either at Retro Rewind Pod or at FXRUIZX. Those are probably the best places. And check out RetroRewindPodcast.com because it doesn't get plugged enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very cool. Very cool. And how about you, Cody? Uh, both, uh, uh, both Lou Phonics on YouTube and Facebook. I'm on there all the time and I will be doing new content soon. Just been enjoying and living life at the moment. Sorry. It, man. <laughs> hey, you got to take those breaks, bro. We got to be healthy. Man, yes. Yes. College. You got to. You know, yeah. <laughs> Where? Where? All that, all that crunch time. I'm telling you, but, That's but it. new stuff coming soon, but yeah, uh, feel free to check out both of those and I, and I will get back soon with doing cool stuff. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, can you do me a favor? Spell Lufonics for the audience real quick. Uh, Lufonics, L-U-P-H-O-N-I-X. I suck at spelling, so exactly how it sounds. Lufonics. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hooked on phonics. Worked for me. Anyways. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, guys, links will be in the description down below. And hey, check it out. These guys have both been on our show on our uh, several times, actually. Um um, they've done devotions for us. They've been part of our podcast before. So we're going to have links down below for you guys to check out their stuff. If you're watching the YouTube version of it. There'll be links in the card to check out their stuff. And also, just fair, we have a really cool playlist here on YouTube called Guest. I want to encourage you guys to go check out that particular place and um, listen to or check out those uh, the different episodes that these different guys have been on and other really great guests we've had uh, because we always appreciate them. But we appreciate these two specifically. They weren't here because they're past guests, but because they are uh, our devoted Patreon geeks. And if you would like to maybe be part of our podcast one day, maybe do other stuff that we do, and or maybe you just want to help support us, uh, check out patreon.com forward slash geek devotions. And you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. That being said, we have set up a PayPal recently. If you would like to maybe give a one-time gift to help us out, uh, we will make that available to you. Uh, you just message us directly. Um, we are working on our website right now to make a support page where people can um, find out more information about our Patreon and other things. But go to geekdevotions.com for all that information. All right. That being said, Glicks, let's restore normality from the improbability drive. And uh, let's take this sucker home. Uh, Cody and Francisco, thank you so much for being part of our podcast today. Thank um, you guys so much. Appreciate you guys. Celeste, let's uh, close this out. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk today. 
If you have loved this episode, head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Until next Sunday, stay devoted. Peace and love.